welcome to the fuel podcast and today we are about to discuss some very interesting topics some of them might not be current but uh, i think with the current uh, covid crisis and financial downturn is taking place it's a good uh, time to discuss the actual car brands which actually failed to make it in india we have discuss- decided to discuss this topic mainly because uh, Maruti Suzuki during lockdown was able to sell around uh, 4,000 units, which is not bad if you think about it, but other brands have been suffering a lot. So I think uh, Nissan might exit India and I think Mitsubishi has already exited India. So uh, I would like to go around and ask everyone which was one car brand which they were actually uh, very surprised by them living in. And there's a lot of car brands to pick from, as you all know. my um the one i would like to take as an example is general motors obviously not because like as general motors is because like they tried so hard they didn't just like stick with one brand but i would like to start with soham here first if there's any brand you would like to start with i have to tell a brand which i would want back into india or like what no you just uh, it can be anything you would either you want them back or you think like oh maybe they should have succeeded well mitsubishi was anyways it's not even doing well globally so it doesn't even matter they've just you know like they're not even thinking about you know making cars i don't think that's even their main source of revenue nowadays uh, i think so gm could have done really good because the cruise was a good car like a lot of people have bought the cruise it was a good car it was a good product in general but i think so just that the infrastructure that they had laid out in india and the th- the funny thing is that there still is a gm factory in india it's right here in lonavala like on the way to lonavala you can see it and apparently if you know the right people you can still buy a gm car in india because i've seen a lot of you know like 2018 2019 uh, chevrolet trailblazers like roaming around in pune and like where have they come from so like i'm pretty sure like if you know the right people you can still buy a gm car but like it will be damn shady to buy it of course but i think so chevy could have done really good but as we all know even chevy in the international market is kind of suffering nissan is also suffering so ma- mainly all of the brands that are suffering in india are also suffering globally i feel so um i don't know man i think so but personally since i'm an enthusiast I would have liked to see Mitsubishi succeed, but since they don't even have any products to that um, cater to the enthusiasts in the international market, also I really don't care. But saying like talking about that, Nissan has actually come out with a really good product. Um, the BS6 Nissan Kicks is like turning a lot of heads. A lot of people on our uh, videos have commented saying review the Nissan Kicks BX uh, BS6. apparently it's a really good deal but the counterpart of it the renault capture has apparently been uh, discontinued so it's just a big big confusion right now so i really don't know what to say what about you bhavni what do you think well uh, car brands that have failed in india uh, i i don't have much knowledge about them so i'm not going to speak but car brands that could succeed in india well citroens on its way here so i really think that 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 citroen has quite a lot of potential in india and it's going to do really well because they are really good at uh 
very versatile cars with small engines, good mileage. That's basic the best city cars, and that's basically what India loves. So I'm looking forward to Citroen to come because we saw some testers also around, and uh, I think that's really exciting news. But about cars that have failed in India, I have nothing much to say because I don't know many Indian old companies that have gone. I'm very I like companies that work. What about you, Hamza? Talking about like honestly, um, I would have liked if Peugeot worked in India. The Peugeot they have very nice hot hatches, like the three hundred fours and like the four hundred one. They were nice. I would even have liked to see Fiat. Fiat do nice in India. Fiat has a Abarth. Like yeah, the Punto they bought here. It's it's okay. You can call it a hot hatch. It's got one forty horsepower, but it's not really a hot hatch when you look at it because it doesn't sit low. It doesn't have two doors. You know the things like that. So if Fiat actually cared about India in a way that they bought. More models down here to sell. I would even like like one brand that I want more cars from is Kia because the Seltos is doing so well. And even though people say that the Stinger will come down to India, the Stinger is coming. It's a very unlikely chance because I don't think anybody here wants to spend fifty lakhs on a Korean brand. Like people don't give Volvo a chance in India. Forget Kia. Like. Is just not gonna happen. Yeah, yeah so okay. yeah. So um, about that, the problem mm-hmm. I think so. The thing is that a lot of brands cannot enter the Indian market with their international products is because of our uh, import taxes. Like, dude, you uh, we have you know like those uh, small little about five nine five six nine fives in India. They are there. It's not like they aren't, but. those cars are smaller than the punto and they are almost twice the money of a punto in india so like hot hatches and everything and you can't build a hot hatch in india you just don't you can't if you make a hot hatch in india you'll get something like the balino rs or whatever it was so <laughs> a hot hatch has to be a cbu or a ckd unit it cannot be a locally produced car so i think in terms of that like uh, what do you say enthusiast cars are going to be like start in start coming out of the market now because fiat is uh, exiting the market so the punto is gone the gttsi is now a 6 speed torque converter so that's also mm-hmm. gone the bolino rs was always shit and it will remain to be shit so that's also gone mm-hmm. so what else is left i really don't know JTP is also going. Tata JTP is also getting scrapped. Yeah, Tata JTP. Uh, the only real contender, yeah. maybe I feel, is that the I10 Turbo, Neos Turbo, which is still decent. But we haven't talked about that car for a while. Yeah, but uh, but still, I don't know what the hell is going on because we I haven't seen a single car on the road. I haven't seen a single customer car. I've seen one Aura Turbo on the road, but it was also not a. uh customer owned car it was someone like i think so magazine had gotten it or something so i've never seen tdvs of that car i've never seen a single one in a showroom so i don't know man in there i think that 
that goes to show a lot you know like the jtp failed so miserably and people who have driven the jtp tell me oh it's mad fun it's like a really good car for its money and shit and i to that i say okay then why all these people who kept crying about not having a budget hot hatch why didn't they buy it why wasn't the jtp a success so i think that goes a long way showing showing people that you know it's not just yeah the enthusiasts cry a lot but then at the end of the day they go uh, across the road and buy a gtp si because it just makes most much more sense so let's see i mean what are your concluding thoughts amad on this so i think there's uh, a big what all of you said like there's a very big thing about this is that every car brand which has failed in india has failed to do one thing and that's like to make cars ex- exactly what india needs so that's what chevrolet failed what chevrolet used to do was they would never uh to market research in india and then just get their models from asia or like from america and then do a few tweaks here so that they don't have to pay too much import on them and just get them locally manufactured one year in the factory near lonavala and one year gujarat so that's why they failed and with fiat i think it's sad because they never managed to establish a dealer network because the cars were good the cars weren't the fault the product wasn't the fault the dealer network was so shit and it used to take so long to get the parts and get it get a car repair that's what killed fiat but yeah about yeah no but then uh, you're saying it's killing fiat but jeep apparently killed fiat yeah yeah no like it's basically the downfall of uh, fiat according to you is uh, the dealer network right but jeep isn't going that bad and jeep is basically fca corporation right so yeah. like, they still have, like i don't know like they, do they still have a chance mm. what you think yeah jeep i think still has a chance like I, as what i've seen is they've tried a lot to improve from the fiat brand like that that's what the problem with fiat was like now it was in everybody's minds right after something is bad for a while like even if they try to improve you will be like oh no yeah whatever i mean this car is bad because my friend wanted a repair and it took this long so that was another like the fca corporation they tried taking a second shot at india with like the fiat because it's not like brands haven't come from abroad and not so like i give you the example of gm right gm came into india with opel first and that was also a failure and i think they packed up everything in 2004 or 5 and left but in 2007 volkswagen came to india with the jetta and the passat those were the first two cars and then they got the tourag and the beetle they did pretty well and they were also german cars with the same quality standard so like you can see something is going wrong with them not able to like properly know who the customer is so that's what happened with fiat also people really take uh, in india if your car is in the workshop for too long it's it's a loss right because people commute here a lot you you're mainly commuting to work so it becomes a hassle that's what was in everybody's mind so nobody wanted to pick up a fiat i think the linea multi tjet is very comfortable and good car but that was a problem after sales network yes tane tane professionally races a uh, linea so we we know but yeah what's the next topic amal what are we talking about now 
So the next topic we are going to be talking about is the Carlos Ghosn case, which has become really interesting in the last four days. I'll give everybody a small summary. I'm sure all of you are aware of it, but uh, so in 2017-2018, Carlos Ghosn was accused at Nissan of financial misconduct, and it was not at one count. It was like three, four things, and the four things expanded into other big things. In fact, I wrote an article about it for our magazine, and it was so huge. And this was before uh, the emails leaked of him actually being innocent. So what he kept trying to say was because he was at Nissan for so long, he had joined Nissan in 2000, and he fired a lot of people because Nissan was not doing well then also, surprise, surprise. And so that returned them to profitability because uh, they shut down two, three plants in Japan itself and like got started developing cars like the Nissan Leaf and stopped developing cars like the Sentra and the uh, GT. I think the GTR came, there was a big gap between the last Skyline and the R35. So I that was also because of him. Three-year three gap, yeah. Yeah, there's a three-year gap. And uh, Carlos Ghosn was responsible for it, even though he's, uh, was in, like, so before we begin talking about this, it's important to know what sort of person Carlos Ghosn was. He, all, he was a person who specializes in coming into bad situations and turning them around. And he's like renowned for this. Like, like he was at one point the only person who was the CEO of two Fortune 500 companies at the same time. Renault and uh, Nissan. So he was like that sort of a person. And he fired a lot of people very casually. And then that didn't go down well in Japanese culture because they generally don't have CEOs from other countries. He was only the second ever non-Japanese person to come to Japan and be a CEO of a Japanese company. So he kept trying to say that and the court dates didn't go on uh, properly and the whole public opinion shifted against him because they already hated him. It's like very important to know that. Like People didn't forget. People who lost the jobs don't forget. And that was his impression. But very interestingly, in 2019, January, just before COVID, and I think, sorry, December 2019, uh, he played it very smart. He left his house. He was under house security, uh, under uh, home arrest. He left his house in Tokyo, took a train, a bullet train to Kyoto. There he stepped into a guitar case, flew to Turkey, and then went to Lebanon. And then he started doing press conferences. So it sounds really insane, but this is real. And I think the funniest part is Hollywood has already approached him to make a movie out of this whole fiasco. So I want to know your opinions on that one. So what is your take on the whole Carlos Ghosn scandal? I think the thing is that the three companies, I think so not even Mitsubishi is a part of that whole Yes, studio, correct. right? correct. Yeah. All of the three companies which are there, they're all struggling in general. And um, regardless of what you do, I think so still Nissan is still fine because they're going down the right path because um, a few weeks ago they had released their 2021, whatever, you know, like lineup. 400. Yeah, lineup of cars. And they showed the 400Z. And like, historically speaking, Nissan has always been famous for their sports cars, like the Silvia, the GTR, Skyline centras whatever it was so like i think so if they don't appeal to like a 
to the enthusiast market because i think so the people who really buy nissans are the people who have already owned nissans are and are thinking to upgrade is what i personally think so if you see a nice halo car in there uh, what do you say in the lineup <coughs> and the gtr has been there for like over a decade now it's old oh, school wow. now so they need something which is new and fresh and they've always you know been taking scraps from renault or mitsubishi and just making some sort of concoction out of it um so i think so they are going down the right path but i don't know about renault renault is struggling really hard now because uh, in fact they're struggling so badly that even they've cut down funds from their renault f1 team and now this is an official statement from the team principal that uh, renault is now in f1 renault is not thinking of trying to be world champions for the next few years they just want to be you know like sustaining themselves in the midfield is this is the actual statement from the team principal so mitsubishi so we already we've spoken about it's it's a gone case i don't know what the hell they're thinking about so yeah what do you think make, yeah i think mitsubishi is very happy making speedboat air conditioner jets now i think they left cars like that's yeah i don't I don't think they are coming back because they've they've killed names, dude. Like Eclipse, they've made, like the Eclipse was a nice sports car back in the day. Now they've just made a hideous, hideous-looking crossover thing out of it. It's called the Eclipse Fev, P H E V or something, something, something stupid. So yeah, Bhavani, what do you think about this whole situation? Well, Carlos Ghosn as uh, as Hamad. Uh, pointed out was a really good businessman he was a business tycoon and he was really good at what he did and he was a very aggressive businessman which uh does not uh line up with the culture of japanese business over there they are really loyal and uh, they like try to uh retain as many employees as they can and firing and uh actually kicking people out and mass firing and all that stuff is not japanese business culture at all so i'm pretty sure that would have just if that was the start of carlos goon in japan he was already destined to suffer pretty much but uh when when he did what he did he got results so i don't and now so how uh, so as uh, hamad mentioned before uh, carlos gon was really famous for taking a company in a bad position and putting them in a really good position he was a business tycoon and he was very good at it and but he was just very aggressive and aggressive he was a, an aggressive businessman so that did not line up with the business culture of japan and that must have uh, of course created quite a lot of uh unrest amongst the japanese and the companies or especially and created a lot of enemies which uh the story has twisted a little bit and now he is deemed innocent and he was being framed uh hamad please do let us know more about it or hamza do you know the rest yeah he he is innocent he was being he was being framed because he was not a japanese person this is like discrimination only and they wanted him 
to leave because they wanted it to be a all Japan community, what whatever you were saying, how they do business. So it was like it was all internal planning to kick him out, to fame him, everything. It's uh, it's really things like this what movies are made on. It's like this could be a nice Fast and Furious movie if you think about it with an actual plot. But uh, how fast and furious? What Carlos going at night will be drag racing in the morning. He's CEO <laughs> of three major companies. <laughs> yeah, this, no, but uh, no, that's the uh, the extraction process of it can be a good uh, Fast and Furious movie. Yeah, yeah. So it's like oh, there are three turbo spoon Civics going that way, and then they take the crate in which he is in and shit like that. So that's good. But you know, the thing is, there have to be Renaults. There have to be Renaults, not Civics. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it'll be but, Clio. Uh, I, I again. I like Cleos, bro. Cleos are so underrated. Yeah. But uh, but what I was saying was, yeah, this whole situation is put to light. Uh, how much politics goes on, even in the JDM uh, business side of things, like because everybody wants to pretend like all JDM companies don't do anything wrong. Only VW does diesel gate. Only Chevy yeah. does uh, a bloody uh, transmission failures. Every company has this side to them, and it's nice to see failures even from Japan. Even though that hurts me, uh, but we have to take it. <laughs> but yeah, about Carlos Ghosn, I hope he gets, uh, you know, justice. But uh, honestly, like this is something I want to get into. Like if he was so smart and you know he knew how to flip companies and make money, like before he started getting in there and you know asking people to go home, didn't he like consult somebody who was familiar with like Jap culture that yo can I fire three thousand people today and nobody's gonna hate me? That's because in America that might work. No, so so this is this is where it gets really interesting. Carlos Ghosn. Had an engineering degree from a French college, and then he ended up his MBA. During his group projects, he was so brutal. His own classmates were like, "God, bro, I hope you never go into management. Like, you'll screw everything up." And during his first job at Michelin, he went to Brazil and they said, "Oh, this tire company, this this tire manufacturer, this tire plant is not doing well. They're only producing thousand tires a day. So, you know what can we do to boost productivity and get more workers to like maybe produce thousand five hundred? He's like, that's simple. You fire half of them, and the rest of them, you just make them work double. So they'll all work like that. And he just kept doing that, and Michelin turned a profit. They were so impressed." They named him head of um, North America in five years, and he was running Michelin. And when they told him to come to Renault, he was like, "Yeah, cool, cool." And that's where he really flourished, you know. So all these companies obviously have they've hired firms like McKinsey and all to tell them, "Oh, do do this like this. Don't fire these people." He's like, "Oh, I don't need to listen to any of this." And he would just do what he felt like. So even when so this was a very complicated part like why he was actually kicked out uh he wanted to get renault to own even a even bigger chunk of nissan 
and that's when the Nissan people really started worrying because Nissan only let in Renault because they they were doing really badly at that point of time and Renault was doing okay. So they gave them forty nine percent. What Carlos was trying to do was make it around sixty sixty five, and then Nissan would never be a properly Japanese owned company after that. So that's what led all these people to like frame him like that, and it was like proper framing. They had four five charges, and now he's not CEO of any company. So I don't know. Like he's just chilling in a house. I, I guess good. I wonder him. what he drove. Oh. He only drove the best, man. Like he is a Fortune 500 CEO of not one but two companies. Probably a Chiron. I think he has a Chiron. Had a Chiron. Carlos Ghosn is the kind of guy that would be able to commission a company to make a car for him. <laughs> But what's next on the list, Hamad? Okay, so this is a little uh, touchy subject. For most uh, dealerships, is the BS4 stock which has not sold out at all. So there's six thousand four hundred crores worth of stock, which is just lying there, and these people are begging the Indian government like, we need to get rid of it, bro. Like some of these dealerships will just straight up close if they can't sell this stock. It's not even funny. Like there's a dealership in Panipat. This is offering twenty thousand rupees off on the Activa, and twenty four k off on the Honda, some uh, CD something, and these are some dude. They're really cutting their profits, and they just want to go. And the high court is like, okay, sell ten percent of your stock, everybody. So what are they doing with the rest of the stuff? And it's very shady. Like uh, I think all of us knew about the BSX coming. but like i feel very sympathetic to the dealers because already the automotive sector is doing really poorly so like some people are like oh you should have offered discounts first only i mean they also have to eat bro like <laughs> what are they going to do like give stuff for free or what from the beginning so they like oh you should have offered these discounts before so this is a, it's a really bad spot so i wanted to know everybody's take on the bs6 update and the problem becomes like you can't register these vehicles after the 10 days there's a 10 day Uh, leave a given again. Storm, what about you? What do you think about this? It it's just really sad, dude. Like we, uh, I don't know. Like the discounts and all is fine, but it's really stupid. It's a really stupid uh, play from the Indian government as well. Like you cannot. First of all, where the hell is BS five? Where like where is BS five? Why is it directly BS six? Like we should have had BS five in between. Anyways, but. Um, Yeah, I mean, like six thousand four hundred crores worth of stock. Like, uh, stopping production is one thing, and letting people s- not sell the BS four units is another thing. Like, I think so. It's perfectly fine for you know, like them to sell the remaining BS four stock. Like, I genuinely don't see a problem in that. Like, stopping production, yeah, that's something you should have done so that more inventory doesn't keep on stockpiling up in the the dealer lots, but. If you already have stock, like what the hell are you supposed to do with so much stock then? Like just throw it off, off for like scrap or something? No, they're brand new vehicles because I remember, because I remember uh, Hamza sending uh, something on the on our group. They they're selling FB Mondial for ninety thousand rupees, ninety thousand rupees for a FB Mondial, and like that's like a 
four lakh rupee bike but the thing is you cannot register it so like even if you buy bs4 stock you're not you cannot do anything you cannot register it and i really i just don't see what they're trying to do with it and i think so the government is just being too aggressive with their application on bs4 um so i think so they just need to cool down a little bit you know let people sell whatever they have uh because a lot of companies they've not even given updates to the bs6 models that they have lots of cars haven't gotten bs6 updates i don't think the civic has gotten an update octavia hasn't gotten an update lots of cars like these are just like a few that are coming on top of my head right now so i think so they just need to cool down a little bit let people sell the remaining bs4 stock or at least a good chunk of it so that you know they can at least sustain a few dealerships because you're right like if we, like if dealerships anyways start to close down because they cannot sell bs4 stock i don't know like almost all companies will have to start uh, exiting india because of that so that's that's a really sad scene so what do you think about it bhavneet what do you think people should do well um people can't do anything because it's pretty much what the government says and this is a, this is a matter between the government and the companies and uh, i feel in my opinion this is putting too much pressure onto the car industry and in on a very early stage as you said as you mentioned uh, so hum putting so much pressure on them and uh, telling them stop production that's cool like stop production don't make more but why stop registration a car unregistered that is new is pretty much valueless what are you going to do you can't drive it you can make it into a race car but who how many people do that so now what what else do you have left to do with all those bs4 activas without number plates what do you need to do with those bs4 civics without number plates it's a lot of money and it's a lot of money that went into production you a company can even reconsider uh recycling all the parts inside and making new bs6 parts when you think of the numbers is just so much money and and it's just like a complete loss wherever you look at it is just a loss kabaddi ko denge what else can you do yeah so 6400 crores worth of scrap is in india guys whoever's in the scrap industry join us hamza what what is your take on this i i really don't know how to feel about it like but honestly it reminds me of the demonetization situation that we went through a couple of years ago where you had you couldn't do anything like okay now here's the bigger problem that i am seeing is that is that when you own a dealership you buy stuff like if i own a honda dealership i buy maybe one like 15000 activas right so mm-hmm. i have already paid for them so the company is not taking a hit me as an individual owning a dealership is taking a hit so india is doing what india does best screwing its own people nobody else is getting affected so but honestly i'm telling you these people are going to take a loss people are not going to be able to eat and i don't know where these vehicles are going to end up honestly but there was also this article i read that somebody is working because what bsx actually is doing is muting your emissions 
So apparently your car needs to be fitted with two or three bypass of catalytic converters. So I think a company was working on uh, providing aftermarket BS6 kits. So your car becomes BS6. That is a that is a good idea, but I don't know if the Indian government will be like, yeah, this is good because it's the Indian government. Like you know, nothing of logic ever takes place here. So I just hope that everybody who's taking a hit still has money to eat. And like let let's see. I also I want to say this on a blunt note that even when BS4 came out, vehicles had just completely lost their charm. Like they're shit. They were so muted. There was no response. When we rode the 390 Adventure BS6, it was so shit. It was genuinely the BS4 KTM 390 had so much grunt and you know the throttle had some response but the bs bs6 stuff is so bad even the bs6 activa that we rode so where, uh, at this point i'm just saying fuck it stop doing this bs bullshit and like upgrade the infrastructure to electric stuff because it doesn't matter this petrol thing doesn't matter anymore like is this going to shit when will they stop bs10 bs12 and this thing that Sohan pointed out about uh, no BS5 being there, that reminds me how every fucking, um, you know, how like Samsung did S10 to S20, there's no S12, 13, 14, some, some shit like that is happening. But yeah, I just hope everything, yeah, go on, Bhavni. There is a little ray of hope for ICEs. There is uh, yeah. ignition entry technology. I don't know what's it called. Soham knows more about it. No, I, I even and I don't know what it's called exactly. But apparently it's a new piston and, you know, like firing technology or something like that. Uh, I don't know who it was being developed by, but it was being developed by some German company only. So apparently mm-hmm. it uh, boosts the efficiency and the fuel economy of a petrol-powered vehicle by almost 40% of what it already is. So that is something that is really upcoming. So it's it's based something around the spark plugs, the pistons, and like the firing of the car. I'm not exactly sure. So yeah, that's something. And also one more thing, uh, e-turbos are also coming now. Mercedes uh, is partnering with Garrett to produce e-turbos, which are going to be more efficient, more powerful, better for the environment. So that's also coming. So I think so there is a ray over, but still. That is nothing, nothing to do with BS6 because, of course, we are 10 years behind the automotive industry anyways. So all of this is going to come in 2030 for us. So it doesn't even matter. Yeah. I'm pretty sure like uh, in 2030, our kids will be driving e-turbo cars and be like, e-turbo kicked in, bro, or some shit like that. The fucking VTEC also exists then. Our children, our children will love electrics. They'll be like, why does this car make so much noise, dad? What is this? Why don't I have a car play, bro? I think the funniest thing will be they're like, you pay somebody else to actually put some shit in your car to go. Why don't you just charge it, you losers? Like, what is the scene, bro? You're going to sound... You need to take it to a garage to fix it, bro. Just update it. Uh, I want to talk about one topic, though. And it's really interesting, actually. 
so in pune uh, if you all know where the main rto petrol pump is uh, the main rto petrol pump is now uh, self operated so there aren't any people working there like you know how people come and you know like put in fuel like those guys who work there so basically they they've been fired or something like that and you basically go it's basically like american now you go there you put it in your cellar because of yeah this is because of covid 19 so i was discussing it with a few friends the other day like first of all everyone knows bro like even us we are chindis bro indians are chindis and they'll try to get away with anything they can so how does that even work like that's what i want to know because uh, i'll tell you yeah tell me yeah so what happens on these pumps is that before you fill in gas you put in your card you put in the number and then when you finish filling up it bills automatically okay okay hmm. no bills automatically like what do you mean like i am i'm confused wait okay so you reach at the fuel pump okay there's a credit card machine there hmm. or a debit card machine whatever you swipe you don't put in a amount you just swipe okay okay you swipe and you type in your pin code then you take the thing and you fill fuel if you fill for 500 or even 502 rupees it will cut 502 rupees that's how it works so if you take 2000 rupees fuel you will have to pay 2000 It's not like did you think that you could just fill fuel and then nobody gives a fuck? You take like twenty five liters and fuck off or what? No, no, no. That's not what I thought. So I thought that see, I'm and I'm Hamza. Whatever you think, it makes sense. But I am one hundred percent sure that that kind of thing isn't at that petrol pump. <laughs> I mean, I'll tell you right now that sort of technology isn't at that petrol pump. So what I thought was, uh, so you know, like you first. Uh, put in the amount of fuel that you want like for example if you want to pay 3000 bucks of fuel or 4000 bucks you put in that you pay and then the fuel pump lets you you know like put in that yeah, yeah. but then my friend asked me like what if you want to do a full tank because of course you can't exactly calculate how much that's going to be right so how does that work and whatever you whatever you said Hamza it makes sense Uh, like swipe the card you know like that works but i i don't i personally don't think that sort of thing is there that fuel pump me and bobby will go and check if it's actually there something like that but yeah. okay no uh, i have a point to raise yeah yeah go on bobby uh in where i come from spain they usually have this they you don't have helpers putting fuel for you um it is prepaid and if you have a full tank then it's built on trust then you go out you fill your full tank and then by the moment you remove it from from your car you remove the plug from your car the the thing will not spray any more ever any more at all so it will lock in and it will already be filled it will already be ready for a full tank it has a mechanism the latch so you you are you are able to lock it and it will only unlock after the tank is full you remove it and then you go pay but that's still trust that's still that's decent enough these like people should be decent enough to not it's fuck off well enough yeah. yeah 
but otherwise it's a very efficient um, thing and no. it takes less time because otherwise <laughs> it's you know see <laughs> this bro there was somebody in uh, delhi there was a vendor selling mangoes and he left his cart for 2 minutes and people stole his mangoes bro oh dude of a cart that's nothing i remember uh, something that a diesel tanker like a petrol or diesel tanker had crashed somewhere and people were like the the gaon where they crashed right? it was a village where they crashed people were coming in with buckets and like they didn't give a shit about the people who were like uh, hurt or injured from the crash they got buckets they started filling fucking diesel from it dude and they were fucking off back home this is the type of shit we have in india man like if that petrol pump in pune Works on trust. I am going right now and fucking pretty sure they'll have guards in my polo. And I'm coming back. Jockey has cops everywhere. They have guards. Yeah, of course. No, like, but still, like, how 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 easy it is to run away, dude. Fill it up, put it back in, fill your cap, put it in port, and fuck off. No, but I see now this place in Pune. Of course, it must have cameras. so it must be recording everything so ghar pe aayega chalan fir chalan nahi mama i don't have a front number plate and i what if i remove my back number plate then what and i think before entering before entering before entering that uh, petrol pump you will be stopped by a cop yeah definitely literally that that's rto ka chauk okay so i'll tell you why what if it's a different petrol pump and the thing is fine my number plates are gone uh you're saying facial recognition we're wearing masks nowadays in covid 19 then what bro just go steal fuel and come back man I'm not like yeah, okay okay i'll tell you i'll tell you something very important here like i think you are, so first of all uh these servers we have at the gas gas station it's a very uh like it's not there in every country it only comes to countries where petrol is actually taxed really highly and the government uh, so i don't know how many of you have caught on with the news of what happened to petroleum after covid it dropped below 0 dollars and there's so much petrol which is stuck in just in the sea these people are just chilling in the oil tanker and they're like yeah cool when covid goes we'll start the ship again uh and like russia saudi arabia they're all losing money like anything but in india petrol is a very big source of income for the government like they don't take it lightly has it i mean it's 80 rupees right now right yeah. so uh, petrol prices drop at all yeah in india it didn't but everywhere else it did so yeah. uh, according to uh, like the government around 38 rupees is what they earn on each liter we fill 38 rupees and the rest of it goes of course they have their own costs right they have to store it send it whatever so 38 rupees what they earn so what soham was saying like you can just take it off i'll tell you who it's not possible to steal from in this country the government bro you can steal from anybody but you can't steal from them they'll steal from you but you can't steal from them bro like that's what i was saying like they won't take it so lightly like soham goes without number plates first thing they'll be like bro where are you going I Where is your number plate? Without number plate for over two weeks now, no one gives a shit. Trust me. That day we got stopped by a cop, and the cop asked about his number plate. When? 
like and he's absolutely crazy he, like uh, the road that uh, that was leading up to his house right it's, it's still under construction so he was saying oh like if the road was there we would have taken it out it does uh, burn out in fourth gear and all i'm like oh you're crazy keep the car inside and it's raining and it's on drag slick so you're going to crash into someone yeah but like it's absolutely crazy man how the um, tuner scene in india is uh, evolving like a few years ago like if you would have said like what the tuner scene in india was it was just a few cars especially in pune man like you could barely see cars in pune a two years ago or something and now like we've got in the uh, the first m8 bmw m8 in india is in pune uh, the only 458 speciale aperta is in pune a lot of lot of exclusive cars are in pune now so yeah man i and that 700 bhp accord it first of all it makes such a loud noise and it, we started up in his garage yeah, it was deafening like for 5 minutes i couldn't hear myself think uh, and yeah it was built in bangalore by race concepts insane job and the guy who owns it sagar dangat like he he went all out man he's like he had his priorities straight i want a race car and i want it to be fucking fast that was that was it and he still hasn't completed the build he still has the lsd to go but the gearbox is still stock and he himself is trying to learn on how to launch it and everything so yeah i mean it's 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 something that you don't see usually in india because people are still hesitant on you know like modifying the car to such an extreme level uh and the fact that he did it he has some balls man like it's absolutely crazy that is that is some real underdog stuff bro that accord that is some yeah. real underdog that will smoke supercars bro and once he gets it right and if he if he's thinking of putting nos in that car he'll smoke anything i'm telling you no we were uh, after the shoot we were speaking to him yeah after yeah. the shoot we were speaking to him for like 15 20 minutes you know like how the car should drive he's like the car is meant to go in a straight line if you take it on a corner you're going to die you are going to die he told me straight up he said that even during launch and since it doesn't have a lsd right the the wheel which gets traction right it steers to that way so if the right wheel is getting traction it's going to steer to the right if the left wheel is getting traction it steers to the left so he's saying like it is absolutely violent to drive according to him 
and like i he said he says that he has to brace his butt his arms his elbows just to keep it in a straight line he literally yeah. when, when he was explaining to us he said i need to keep my back completely straight and lock my arms like this and just lead, let this much play otherwise i am going off it's it's absolutely crazy man and like there are still a lot of components that the car doesn't have uh so he told me i think so he did uh, the best time he could do unofficially at valley run was uh, 12.3 uh which is okay for like that kind of car but he's still saying that he doesn't have the proper tires because the tires were second hand they were from a city they were from joel city so that was in there lsd was in there the gearbox was in there he himself didn't have practice because the car was delivered 2 days before the event and like he basically never drove it apart from the valley run so yeah once that's, you get to that's a under 10 second car bro after it's completely done it's definitely under 10 second car for sure for no he told me in optimum conditions in in optimum parts and everything he said sub 10 seconds easy definitely. i think uh, what the best part about this is this sort of content is very much exclusive to drivers hub you know like i'm not i don't mean to brag or anything but like i've seen the channel grow and i don't see anybody else actually focusing on the culture and by culture i don't mean like clicking a photo of a lamborghini or driving because people do that in india like uh, you know uh, there are dedicated pages on instagram which just wait around and take pictures of cars but on them i mean that's what they want to do but like here you really exp- this enthusiast culture i'm sure like uh, i hope this video reaches more people people will be shocked to know that this exists in india i'm very sure like most people in india don't know this exists here like this sort of a car so i think it's really good in that sense and the next thing i want to get on to is the video which i really enjoyed uh, after a while it was the quid and the alto video I really want to know, like, what inspired you to be like, okay, you're gonna take these two cars, and it was almost like a Top Gear esque challenge. Mm-hmm. Like, it reminded me when James May and uh, Richard uh, Richard Hammond and Jeremy took the Maserati and everything, and then they went in a shopping mall, and then they just kept doing crazy stuff. I mean, it was obviously uh, there was some drama to what you guys did, but otherwise, like. Uh, what what was the thought process behind it and like how is the video doing i have not checked the views like i saw the preview which you sent i mean so honestly the thought process behind that video was like a very things that we like soham and i used to do back when we weren't such a huge team is like oh this would be a mad video and let's do it so when this video was first pitched to soham he just wrote it off he's like no i don't want to do this video why should i do this video and then like i had to personally message him like bro just do this video and he went and had fun because he is becoming like too commercial he forgot what but that's like, the sad thing that's the sad thing about indian youtube man like that video i have to say like i'm not saying it's the best video in the world the production isn't as good like it's not the best production we've ever done but the thing is like we're having fun in it and it's like what enthusiasts should look at right we all of us i'm pretty sure all of us still watch the old top gear clips and everything and that video is sort of like that i'm not saying we're trying to copy top gear in that sort of sense 
but yeah man it, it was a fun video and it, and it just goes to show like you don't have to spend so much money on to buying you know like fun cheap car, like fun cars basically cheap cars personally i feel my alto is more fun than my polo because i don't give a shit about it so i just put it in anywhere i yank the handbrake i do burnouts in it and i just do stupid shit so it's more fun whereas the polo like i know if i'm going to do something stupid in it i'm going to blow up the transmission and i have to pay 2 lakh so that sort of anxiety is still there when i'm driving the polo but whereas the alto i know if i if i do something stupid if it runs out of fuel and it's still going to run so yeah that was the type of things that we were looking at and we have only a minute left now less than a minute okay okay let's conclude then i guess Okay, guys. So, uh, from the ne- uh, we're gonna have two another podcast soon, and uh, I just wanted to let our viewers know because the last podcast I saw it had more than three hundred views, which is pretty uh, good actually. Like in such a quick time for us for our podcast, I want to know all the viewers know like you can drop in any questions in the comments, and we would love to discuss those on the podcast as well. Uh, because like that's what truly podcasts are about because this is a long format uh, medium and uh, most people don't like it like a lot of people when we put out these videos they're like can you make it 30 minutes but then then it wouldn't be a podcast right like this is something so that's why uh, i would like to uh, advertise the fact that these are available on stitcher they're available on spotify and soon i hope we can uh, get the clearance for the google podcast so you can just be like listening to them you don't even have to watch our faces or anything because honestly all the content is in what we are speaking here so yeah that's all i want to plug the, plug this before we end our podcast cool all right bye 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 so all right bye